Are you looking for some real estate deals that you could offer to your clients? Or some tips, advice, and tricks that could help you amp up your real estate investing skills? Subscribe now in Real Estate IQ. Real Estate IQ will provide you all the tools you need to find and evaluate real estate deals. Visit us at www.realestateiq.co to learn more. Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding. So this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ. We're number one in deal finding with over 45,000 leads every month. All right, with that, we'll get to our speakers for today. So first we have Max Keller. He's been a full-time real, real estate investor for over four years. He has a very unique marketing method. Uh, that's really cool. I don't know if he'll tell you about this now. If not, you'll wanna look it up later. Um, so Max, I'll let you take it away. Hey, good. Hey, welcome everybody. Can you hear me okay? Thumbs up, audio's good. Yeah, let's take it away. Yeah, it should be five years and it just keeps flying by, you know, over 100 houses. It's been great. Learned a lot. Uh, keep learning. You know, I'm involved in masterminds. Um, you know, I want to thank uh, Juan Carlos and Becky for putting this together. It's a it's an honor to be here with uh, all the panelists. And yeah, we're, tonight I'm just going to very quickly show you. We're going to start with kind of some, you know, I, I call them national trends, but it's really misconceptions. You know, every time that you guys hear a challenge, whether it's from your mouth from somebody else that you're networked with or just kind of the word on the street, word at the mastermind. It doesn't always mean that it's true and it doesn't always mean that, um, you know, I see every challenge, there's an opportunity on the other side. You know, I was able to create some innovation in uh, marketing that I never would have been able, I would have never done if I wasn't in such a competitive market. So, you know, by being in such a competitive market, it forced me to really focus on how do I build a niche? How do I build more value? And if I was just in a tertiary market where there wasn't a lot of competition and I was just scooping up all the houses, I wouldn't have done that. So anytime that we have big challenges, that's an opportunity for innovation. And so that's what I'm gonna talk about here tonight. So I don't want you to think it's negative. I want you to think of what we can do that's the opposite that makes it better. So here's some trends that, um, you know, some of our, some of uh, the people in our community have reported seeing, uh, you know, folks at masterminds, uh, low and things that maybe you hear on other webinars. And some of them may be true. Some of them aren't. And some of them are true. They don't make any difference in your success. Like, like Shanoa said, she's absolutely right. You can make money on an up market, down market. You just have to know what you're doing. You know, the, the, the money game is never going to change. It's always going to stay the same. The strategies change you know, what, what is the money game, right? It's generate active money, it's active cash, it's to, um, you know, buy and hold assets, and then it's to preserve your wealth. Like, that's it. It's been going on for thousands of years. It ain't gonna change. Do you, do you do a different strategy on when the market's up, flat, or on the way down? Absolutely. So low response rate, so what does that mean? Well, statistically, you know, and we're just looking across national data that I'm privy to from some of the groups I'm in, the number of hits of motivated sellers, this is from Google, this is from Investor Carrot, um, it's just the total number of people who are out searching um, and responding, responding to mail, for some people, is down, just national averages. Are there niches? Yeah. So there's people at home right now who are nervous, they don't know what to do about their house. That creates a huge opportunity. I'm gonna show you what that is, okay? Low conversion rate from lead to submission form. What does that mean? Statistically, when motiv motivated sellers are filling out lead forms online, 
or, or they're hitting a website, the, the ratio from hitting a website to filling out a lead form has, has been a lot lower recently. So why is that? Okay. Well, it's because folks are trying to figure out what's going on. Okay. They're, they're maybe in some type of deferral mode with their mortgage and they're in research mode and they're trying to figure out, okay, if at the end of three months, you know, if I've got to figure out what to do on my house, um, you know, I bought myself a little time and they're in research mode. So maybe uh, for your motivated seller websites, you're getting some hits to your website, but they're not filling out lead forms. That's just what's been happening statistically. May not be for you. Same conversion rated appointment. So folks nationwide who are going out to houses, it, that, that, that number hasn't changed. You know, it's in, as far as just averages, comparing what was happening before COVID to what's happening now. Retail demand for median price and lower is still super high. You know, I don't know what it is for luxury because I don't do those. I stay at, you know, 300K and, and below for the houses that my company buys. Um, and a lot of my students, they're spread out all over. I have some in California that are buying really expensive houses, but median is still median. It just changes. So, but there's still, there's folks who are still qualifying for mortgages. So there's still retail demand. What does that mean for you? Well, if you're wholesaling and there's still retail demand, that's a good thing because there's flippers right now who can't get deals. The total amount of inventory has shrunk. So if, when you find a deal, right, from this amazing software, right, leveraging or off market, you're able to, um, you're able to present that and still get a good, you know, a good amount for your deal because there's, there's the retail buyers. Now when the retail buyers leave, it's a different strategy, okay? Then the person who has the cash wins, the people who can take down the money and take down the house until it recovers wins or some other strategies. Thin flip margins. So uh, a lot of folks are reporting that the deals are skinny and it's mainly due to increase in marketing spend. But once again, everybody's different. And then there's been a freezing on lending. Now freezing, I mean, people are still lending, but there's just, there was some short-term compression, right? Anytime that we, we reach uh, economic uncertainty, we go towards a recession, what are the rules of this game? I mean, there's been a bunch of downturns that the rules don't really change. And it's when people get scared and the market's scary, there's a lot of lenders that pull back. And in, in second quarter, a lot of lenders pulled back or changed their programs. You know, I have some students that do lending out on the East Coast. They're charging 16 and six for their money. You know, that's hard money, 6.16%. Um, as if we get into a recession and it, and we have a, a real dip, um, you know, what historically, what happens to the money? Well, the money gets more expensive. You have a friend of mine who flipped about a thousand houses in a very well-known market after the last crash and he did very well, but he paid his money man 50% on the back end because, you know, there's just not everybody can stroke a check for, you know, a thousand houses in three years. And so getting access to money is really important. And, uh, you know, having cash or getting access to it. All right, uh, that's it for that one. So what we're doing, so what is we? Well, I have a Save Your Home Buyers, and so I'm buying in a very, very narrow local geographical area, and I focus on senior homeowners. I started going really hard niche about two years ago when I wrote a book and a workbook on it. Now I have students that co-author that book and use it in their market all over the nation. So this is just feedback of what Save Your Home Buyers, Max is doing, and the people on my team, and then what my students are doing we have them pretty much from California to Connecticut. So number one, things that are working really well is we're providing value specific to our seller's problems. So we're leading with value. Um, we're, not, we're not just going a shotgun approach. We have like three different book systems that target different niches. 
And so we're speaking very, very um, specifically to those niches. And that's why we're getting much better response rates because it's not just a dime a dozen, another person in the stack of mail. Um, so that's kind of one and two. Number three is this is what I'm doing. Not all my members are doing this, but I found it to work really good. I'm in DFW. I don't know how many people are here. It seems like a lot of other than Austin, everybody's moving to Texas, but there's a lot of people. When I started doing real estate and I left teaching, you know, I was like from Weatherford to Seagoville, man, I'm taking down everything. You know, that was like a real cool status symbol because I didn't know what I was talking about. So, and the bottom line is I didn't need to take down every house from Weatherford to Seagoville. So the more experience I've gotten, the more, and the more my goals have changed, the more I've just decided, hey, I'm just gonna really, really target these specific areas. I know my ideal homeowner is there. I know, I know um, these neighborhoods really, really well. And so if, if it's Richland Hills, North Richland Hills or Haltom City, I mean, if a tree falls down in somebody's yard, me or the two other people that work with me know about it. I can drive the whole area in a day and other people have different strategies and it's okay. But for me and my goals, that works for me. You know, I have my publishing business. I do some lending on the side too. And so I just need two or three people to work with me and, you know, not, you know, these are not price sensitive customers. These are folks that are not resistant to my offers and it's fun to work with them. I and mean, it's senior homeowners. And there's 260,000 people in that area, about 24,000 homeowners. And every day, all we do is make sure that the people in those three cities know exactly who we are. We give our books to the, to the managers of, you know, the city hall, the mayor's got our books, the church leaders have our books. We speak at churches virtually now, but it was in person and do workshops. You know, when I try to speak at churches as a, as a, just another home investor guy, they're like, we don't know you, man. You guys sound skeezy, you know, like, and even when I change it to save your home buyers, like our Lord and savior, even when I called the church, my wife works at, they're like, nah, I don't think so. Then when I became a published author and I had a workshop and all of a sudden they're like, come on in. You know, it's like, it's just, I was like, well, wait, where a year ago, I was the same guy. So that's been a really cool, you know, uh, thing for us, senior centers. You know, our ideal customer is senior homeowners. They, they've been in their house for 40 years. There's a lot of deferred maintenance. A lot of them don't have a mortgage and they want somebody to help them. They, they're tired of, of getting um, sold to by sleazy people. And so they, they really gravitate towards trustworthy, honest folks. And when they, they're slow to build trust, but when they, they are, when they do have the trust, they're very loyal. And, they're, and so that's who I like to work with. Consistently following up with smaller, better lists you know, I know some people, they, they're following up with like thousands of leads. That's one way to do it. I'm just not doing it that way. We don't, we just, what we do, there's two kinds of ways to get deals. There's hunting and there's trapping. Hunting, you go and chase people down like wild animals until they finally submit. Or you hit a timing bubble and you're like, okay, you know, I'm there at the, ex I, I'm really not differentiated. So I have to be there at the exact nanosecond. They want to do something. Otherwise they're going to throw my stuff in the trash. Does anybody think that when I give my autographed book to a senior homeowner or one of my students do, do you think they throw it in the trash? Do you think they put it in a drawer? No. They put it on their bookshelf. They put it on the coffee table. So this is ways that you can innovate. You don't have to do, you don't have to write a book. Okay. But leading with value can be an educational video. It can be an ebook. It can be a webinar like we're doing right now, but Leading with value, whether it's your primary offer or just a transitional secondary call to action, 
on any sort of awareness campaign you're doing has been very good for us and for our students. So that's something you may want to consider. I'm using my face in all door hangers. And as you can see my face, I mean, it's okay. Kind of Jerry Seinfeld more than Brad Pitt. Um, but the bottom line is that people, you weren't supposed to laugh that hard Juan Carlos to practice this. Uh, no, but, but in all honesty, I really wanted to, I, I got bad advice at the beginning of my career. People told me it's all about creating this brand and this national brand and, and all this color theory. I just don't buy into that. For me, it was a big waste of time. When you put your face out there, go look at the YouTube channels that have the most sub subscribers. People, people do business with folks they know, like, and trust, and your face is the quickest way for them to recognize you and you know, identify you and some trust. So you know, a lot of investors just wanna like hide in the shadows and you know, skip trace and cold call illegally and text message 400,000 people and say, my name is Alex. And I don't know, there's a way to get houses. I just never wanted to get houses like that. I never liked selling people on stuff. I just like to teach and educate because I was a teacher at an inner city school for seven years. So that's just like the way I am. So that's what's working. There's a lot of different strategies that work. Uh, but for me, I just say, just put yourself out there. Be real. Don't follow the scripts. Be your genuine self because in the three little cities that I, that I work in, nobody can compete with me. Nobody even close. They don't, they don't have the education. They don't have the resources for the niche I'm focusing on. And they just haven't put themselves out there the way I have. And so that's how, that's what I've been doing. That's been working and it's something to consider. And then lastly, just making it super easy for people to um, be able to learn more. That's been really helpful, not making it clunky. One of the ways we've been doing that specifically is on some of our mail. We're just putting a QR code. They take a picture of it. It goes straight to a instructional video on YouTube. Very, very simple to do. QR codes and stuff's all free. So those are some things that we're seeing and doing that's making a difference in our deal flow. Thanks guys. Thank you, Max. Some very good information there. All right, if you have any questions for Max, please put them in the chat and uh, he will get to them at the end. All right, next we have Shanoa Grove. Shanoa's Texas Rias, uh, formerly <laughs> Metro area RIAs <laughs> are now Texas RIAs, um, over a thousand real estate deals and trained thousands of Texas real estate investors. She's still actively investing single family and commercial throughout Texas. And her associations have a lot of meetings and a lot of people attend. So Shanoa, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, so first off, I just want to say thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, I miss seeing you guys in person at all of our pre previously in-person meetings. Uh, what I can appreciate and something that uh, Max said as well in one of my favorite books, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, so if you guys haven't gotten this, uh, we're definitely in the obstacle right now. Uh, but many of us have just pivoted and transitioned our businesses. I can tell Max has and obviously uh, Real Estate IQ has uh, as they're bringing more knowledge and and information to you guys online. So I just want to thank you guys for being of service within the real estate investing community. And um, you know, I just want to just add a couple of comments uh, about just what Max said. I mean, one of the things you guys all have to realize is there is riches and niches, right? 
Max is a, has a great niche and he goes very deep in that niche. So, you know, for us, you know, when we first started investing, we were Austin and then we started teaching, we were teaching all over the country. And then it was like, well, I don't, don't want to, I want to get on less airplanes and Texas is like the eighth largest GDP in the world. So might as well just do all my stuff here. So uh, for us, uh, that is our niche. We go deep in Texas. We use different strategies, uh, but our niche is that we know everything about Texas. We have have uh, different folks that uh, we work with in all of the major markets. And I want to also just comment uh, something about what Max said about, um, you know, listening to that national media, right? Listening to that national news. And even one of the first comments that we got was, you know, hey, I'm a little nervous about investing right now. It's like, well, get educated, find your niche and, you know, and, and don't worry because you can make money in every single market cycle, up markets, down markets, uh, sideways markets, and even upside down markets. So for me personally, I've invested through all those markets. I've been investing since 2003. I haven't had to take a paycheck from anybody since 2004. So that feels really good uh, because of the different aspects that I, um, I'm invested in. Uh, but there is a lot of national news, a lot of hyperbole, a lot of exaggeration out there uh, that can really take you off your game, right? And have you just kind of a fear mindset, a fear mentality, along with all the other uncertainty that we have about life right now. Now, on top of that being an election year, uh, for a lot of people, I think that creates a lot of paralysis. And the way to get out of paralysis is to get educated, right? and uh, build a plan and take action. Uh, so as you can hear from listening to Max, I mean, his, it doesn't sound like his business is slowing down at all. For me personally, my investing business has not slowed down at all. In fact, it's actually better now than it was before. And I think in, in, par, in part because there are so many people just sitting on the sidelines, just unsure. Um, so, you know, for me, what I do, and I'm sure Max does as well, um, is I mitigate risk, right? So I wanna make sure that I'm being safe in my my investments. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, looking forward. So one of my favorite things to say is every time I do a market update and I do market updates for the people who are members of my association, um, uh, literally like every single week is uh, um, a saying by Wayne Gretzky. He says, I don't skate to where the puck is. I skate to where the puck is going to be. And never is that more true than for us as real estate investors. And how do you determine where the puck is going to be, right? Look at where the puck has been, look at their trajectory and look at the other factors that are affecting that. So uh, I've got a lot of great news to share with you guys about the real estate market. So Becky's going to uh, scroll them through for me. So Becky, if you want to advance this full slide, then I'll kind of talk about some of the things that I'm seeing. Uh, so, uh, you know, as, as we first entered into March and we saw that had dramatic and frightening crash in terms of the stock market, it's like everyone investing in the stock market needs a defibrillator, right? To, uh, to, and, and everyone's very sad about that. But if you ask, you know, me or, or Max, like, hey, guys, did any of your investments go down? Any of the values of your properties go down uh, during all this? And the answer is no. In fact, they've actually gone up. So I'll show Show you uh, what those average prices look like. We'll talk about some of the different markets. So you guys can be aware of that as well. Uh, but when it comes to real estate, specifically Texas real estate, specifically single family investing, uh, uh, the sky is not falling. So uh, March, we actually, even though we were shut down about half the month, the sales were still up uh, year over year. April and May, obviously, uh, because of uh, the situation, we uh, did see a sales, sales go down overall April 19 
19%, May 23%, but June and July have both spiked back up. So we've seen very much what I'll call a V-shaped recovery when it comes to the real estate market. Um, so that's uh, been really uh, fantastic to be able to see that. And in fact, when we look at the year to date numbers in the next couple of slides, you'll see that it's actually even stronger uh, now in 2020 year to date through July. I know we just uh, closed out August yesterday. We don't have the August numbers yet, but uh, I can tell you based on the pending sales, they're going to be really strong. But year-to-date sales and year-to-date prices are higher in 2020 than they were in 2019 with, amidst all of this stuff going on. So what's, uh, what's caused the direction of that puck to continue at the rate that it was and even better? I'll talk about some of those different factors as we go through. Uh, and, and a lot of people, you know, when this was going on, they were asking me questions about, you know, at, at the beginning, like, you know, what's going happen with real estate prices of course not, nobody knew right um and uh, you know i even thought that they would be going down i knew sales would be going down because we couldn't leave our home uh, but there are several differences about what we're seeing in this market cycle versus what we're seeing in uh what we've seen in prior market cycles so for example um and if you want to show the full slide on this one becky yeah so i'll read the right side i'll go right to left uh in 2008 um uh the shortage of inventory there was no shortage of inventory. In 2008, we had nine months of inventory. So our market equilibrium is somewhere between six to six and a half months of inventory. Uh, our, our inventory ballooned up in all of the markets throughout Texas. 2008, 2009, 2010, we were at a nine month supply of inventory. Um, they, uh, what that means is if you stopped listing houses today based on the current buyer demand that we have, how quickly would you be out of an inventory of homes for sale? In 2008, it was nine months. In 2020, it's three months. So we're very much a seller's market. In fact, I often refer to it as a seller's market on steroids uh, because we have about half of the inventory that we've historically seen. In 2008, we had sellers flooding the market, adding listings because many of those uh, sellers were listing their speculatively purchased homes, right? When everyone was getting a loan, uh, everyone was buying multiple houses because they thought there was going to be a big win. Uh, in this market, uh, sellers are not only not selling, but they're actually removing their listings off of the MLS. So we're going to talk about that in uh, the overall Texas uh, market as well, just to kind of see how that's affecting us. But overall, what's happened is unlike in 2008, where we had a supply jump in 2020, we have a supply drop. So uh, uh, the other issue, the other things that are happening, uh, 2008, banks stopped doing their job, which was to lend. Right now, banks are lending like crazy, right? And want to get out there and lend. Uh, in 2008, buyers weren't buying because the person that kind of hooked buyers and sellers together, the bank, stopped doing their job. Uh, and uh, now what we're seeing is, of course, buyers are buying like crazy because of these incredible interest rate incentives. And not not that that 6% interest rate in 2008 was high relative to what it's been over the last 40 years, uh, but it's just that it is so incredibly low right now at 3% in some cases even less. So. 
as a result of that uh, increase or um, uh, increase in buyer demand and that decrease in inventory, what's happening with prices, right? Basic law of economics, supply and demand, uh, the, those prices are going up. So one of the questions I saw just pop up in the chat, and I do want to make sure to address this, is uh, why you know why are sellers not selling? So uh, and this is this is kind of interesting. And I don't know, Becky, can you put me in full screen mode and and take me out of presentation mode? Just want to make sure I. I get this across to you guys. So, you know, we're such, we're such an interesting time in the market right now, because if you think about it, what are we doing all day? We're at home, we're working. Uh, so if I have put my house on the market, which I would love to put my house on the market right now, but I'm in Zoom meetings all day long. I don't know about you guys, right? But everyone's pretty much working from home. So can you imagine getting a call from a, you know, uh, uh, an agent saying, hey, I'm in your driveway. I'd like to show your, your house right now. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm, my own, I'm my own boss. But think about all the sellers out there who are not their own boss. It's like, I can't show my house right now because I'm in the middle of a meeting. And by the way, my kids are in two rooms, you know, down the hall, and they're in the middle of their Zoom meeting, right, with their teachers, and then I've got the dog, and I've got this, and, you know, it's like all of those things are going on, plus imagine like a seller right now is like, gosh, well, I don't know where these buyers have been, but I don't know if I want any, I don't know if I want people traipsing through my house, right? Do I take a temperature scan before they come in, right? Uh, the other big issue is the fact that there is uncertainty, so a lot of people took their houses off the market because they didn't know what was going to go on, but it's just the combination of all these different things. And when there's uncertainty, do people get out there and start take like dramatic action? Let's go do stuff. No, they get paralyzed with fear. And part of that paralysis is to, hey, honey, let's 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 take a time out. Let's take the house off the market or let's not list the house at all. Let's stay put. Kind of uncertain about the economy, reading all this national news, right, as Max said, and don't know if I'm going to have my job. Let's just stay put until this, till we get through this thing, right? So all of those things combined together has caused this massive pull of sellers pulling their properties off the market and I think that's going to continue for at least the next, uh, and I don't like to, and normally I only forecast a year out in this market where things are changing so quickly. I'm, I don't even know if I feel comfortable with that, but I, I don't think sellers are going to be putting their houses on the market in the same, at the same rate to the same amount that they had been uh, for at least another six months. What I am seeing, and I'm just going to share some anecdotal evidence with you guys. I don't know if you guys are seeing this as well, but uh, I'm seeing more construction trucks in my neighborhood than ever. So what are sellers now doing? They're saying, well, I guess since we're going to stay put, let's go ahead and put that addition on the back of the house. Like how many of you guys have done like backyard decking, you know, projects over the course of this thing, right? Home improvement stuff. So we're seeing a lot of people instead refinancing where they're refinancing like crazy. They're doing many of these home improvement product uh, projects. In fact, uh, some of my colleagues who are mortgage lenders are like, you know, we can't, we can't handle the amount of refinancing business that we have right now. So those are some of the big differences between the market that we're seeing today versus the market that we saw in 2008 that is causing some pressure on that inventory 
But because the market's different in terms of buyers wanting in and in terms of banks lending, man, the buyers are coming in like crazy. And, and that's one of the reasons why we're seeing uh, both those uh, uh, sales numbers jump up as well as those average and median prices jump up. You guys are going to you know flip when you see how much they're going up. And so, Becky, if you want to put, put me back into the slide mode, I'll show some of the different slides. So we'll look at the uh, Texas data results if you want to scroll through that. Sorry, it's a long build. You can just build the whole thing. Thank you so much uh, for doing that for me. I appreciate it. But if you, oh, <laughs> I know it's kind of hard to see, to see the end of it. Uh, so those, <clears throat> those single family uh, home sales up 22%. Uh, year over year for the end of July, uh, that's uh, um, up year to date 1.8% in the middle of all of this craziness, right? In the middle of what I'll call an upside down market. So I'll ask, you know, the person who said is now a good time to invest, I'll return that question back to you. It's like, look at the data, right? Uh, be data driven. So for me, I'm a student of the market, you know, to be able to live through and invest through 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, you had to be a student of the market. You had to see what was coming. In fact, I was at an economist um, presentation in 2012. And I remember the economist said from the front of the room, you know, we're going to be in a housing shortage in Texas. And I'm like, yeah, right. When we were about nine months of inventory. And then lo and behold, you know, two years later, we were in the middle, we were in a housing shortage. So we still are today. The market is as strong as ever. Uh, take a look at prices. They're up 11% and 9.4% for average and medium price year over year. Uh, the year to date price is up 4% and 4.2%. Those numbers are going to continue to go up. 4% uh, is very normal for a Texas market overall, but I think by the time we end the year, we're going to be looking at uh, at least 6%, if not higher. Again, because there's hardly any inventory. So that's why if you talk to some of the sellers, they're having multiple offers above list price the same day that the properties are listed. And in some cases, even sight unseen. Why? Because I don't want to go in there, right? I'm doing the virtual tours. Everyone's improving their technology to be able to do a little bit of armchair investing. Um, months of inventory. Uh, right now we uh, are at 2.8 months of inventory going into this. Overall, last year, we were at four months of inventory, so we dropped that inventory substantially. You can see that sellers have reduced the amount of listings by about 32,000 fewer listings on the MLS today than this exact same time last year. So listings are down 27%. Pending sales, which is our closest leading indicator of what closed sales will be as we finish uh, August, right? They're up 20% year over year. So we have another 6,000 plus pending sales on the market. And what do you think those prices are gonna do at the at, for August because of that inventory situation? They're gonna continue to go up. I'll uh, run through the Austin results uh, super quick and because uh, I want to be respectful of the time that we have together. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. It's a kind of a there. Thank you for helping me with this, Becky. Appreciate that. Yeah, there we go. So Austin single family sales up 21.5%. Average price is unbelievable in Austin, up 12.5% to 450. Medium price up almost 11% at 353. 
months of inventory. Can you guys believe this? Again, our historical months of inventory for the last 40 years has been about six months of inventory. When this disruption hit, we were already in the middle of a disruption and that was the inventory shortage. Now it's even worse and that's one of the reasons why you're seeing that big kick up in both average and medium price. Uh, same story in Austin versus all of uh, Texas in terms of total listings down year over year, pending uh, listings up year over year as buyers are jumping in to take advantage of these very low interest rates. Uh, next slide for Houston results, please. Here's what I love about Houston. You can't keep a good city down. I don't care if oil and gas is trading below zero, right? In terms of price per barrel, which it did for you know a few weeks there. And now it's back up to $43 a barrel and it will continue to go up as people start to drive more. But um, uh, in Houston, uh, and I don't care if there's a hurricane, I don't care if there's you know all this stuff, Houston's, Houston's gonna uh, do well. So, and it's interesting because so many people have been worried about investing in Houston because of oil and gas and it's like, like, well, what you don't know about Houston is Houston's become so incredibly diversified over the last, you know, every single oil and gas crisis we've had, Houston's just gotten more diversified. I mean, think about it. Uh, the healthcare industry, uh, the financial services industry, entrepreneurship industry, uh, they're single-handedly trying to cure cancer there, right? And they're doing a pretty good and hard work at it. So uh, that diversification and that uh, being able to kind of move different, uh, the workforce around has really been uh, positive for Houston. Uh, sales are up in Houston for July, up 23%, year to date up 2.7. Uh, medium price, average price also up, months of inventory dropping from 4.2 months of inventory to three months of inventory. Again, same story where you have listings down almost 20%, but pending sales uh, are up 34% in Houston. So it's gonna be a very strong uh, uh, August and I think extend throughout the rest of the year. Will you you pull up the San Antonio slide. Oh, wonderful. So San Antonio uh, uh, is up in terms of the sales up 25% year over year, year to date up 4%. Average price, medium price, 10% and 9% respectively. And pending sales are up 20% year over year and their total listings are also down. The next slide shows Dallas. So Max, I know you're in Dallas. I know we got a lot of folks uh, because Juan Carlos, uh, Real Estate IQ started in Dallas. So uh, these are the Dallas results. Single family sales were up 18% percent year over year, a uh, year to date in uh, Dallas up, uh, I'm sorry, uh, single family sales for July up 18.1%, year to date up 1.1%, median price up 8.1% to 292, months of inventory dropping from 3.7 months to 2.4 months. Again, uh, we have 11,200 fewer listings in the DFW area than we did the same time last year, but we also have 11, uh, but we also have an increase increase in pending listings. Now, what I want you guys to take note of is the Dallas pending listings year over year are the lowest for all of the other markets versus all the other markets. Why is this important? Because Dallas is the bellwether for rest of Texas. 
except for Houston. So as Dallas goes, usually so does Austin, usually so does San Antonio. And Dallas usually goes first. So what does that tell me? Um, that tells me that we are gonna continue to see higher year over year sales in Dallas and throughout Texas, but we're not gonna see that same growth, that same big kick up that we saw in June and July for all of Texas and Dallas uh, specifically. So that is something that we're gonna continue to watch. So it's still good news. Right, it's amazing news. In fact, and especially in the middle of all of this, uh, but we do as we're kind of looking to see where that puck is going. We're kind of see that puck slowing down a little bit. If Dallas is going to continue to be the bellwether for the rest of Texas, uh, next slide, uh, Becky, if you will. Um, and, and so uh, a, a little more about me. So um, uh, one of the things that we do is we have an association of real estate investor associations throughout Texas. Uh, historically, we had live meetings in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio every single month. And one of the things that we were able to do during our live meetings is help investors build out their individual blueprint, right? Their individual plan. So we're still doing that. Uh, the difference is now we're doing it online. So if you guys would like us to help us build your business based on our 16 and a half years of investing experience, based on our market knowledge, right? i uh, love to be able to do that for you. Uh, give us about 30 seconds with your info and answer some questions for us. And we'll build your personalized uh, blueprint and email that out to you. It's going to be a several page plan uh, talking about strategies, talking about marketing. It will kind of address what your experience is uh, and what your goals are and build that plan from there. So love to be able to share that with you guys. If you want to head on over to yesyesblueprint.com, uh, we'll go ahead and get that done for you like we've been doing for the Investor Association members uh, all of these years. And I'll tell you, um, I'm again, just so very grateful to be here because for me, when I first started investing in 2003, I joined my local real estate investor association. It was there that I got um, my new group of friends. Uh, it was there that I got that tribal knowledge. It was there that I got my contacts, my contractors, my uh, contracts, uh, and uh, all the people that helped me build my business, right? I got the leads, I got the deals, I got the money at that meeting. And one of the reasons why we continue that today is because I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for that local investor association sharing this local knowledge, this tribal knowledge, and helping other investors like me giving me a hand up. So one of the reasons why we continue to do it all these years later is because it's our opportunity, our ability to pay back what that investor association did for us. And especially now more than ever, you know, people need new ways to make money and people need to create their own economy. And real estate is a great way to be able to do that. So I love to be able to help you in your business um, the same way that this investor association and doing these networking events like uh, Juan Carlos and Becky are uh, putting together for us uh, to make you stronger and more impervious to all the different things that are uh, causing uncertainty right now and um, love to help you work on that. I did see a couple of questions come up. Becky, if you'd like me to answer those, I'd be happy to. Um, let's, let's come back to those. Okay. If that's all right. Sure, yeah. All right. Thank you, Shanoa. And to second what she said, um, I first got into real estate investing about three and a half years ago um, when I decided it was time to move on from my career as a teacher, uh, like Max. <laughs> but um, it was at the Houston RIA that I got my first deal, the money to fund it, 
and the contractor who actually the first one wasn't very good but after that it was <laughs> so it, it is so important that you join those organizations and start networking all right next we have juan carlos cruz co-founder of real estate iq who's done over 400 investment deals himself and is a visionary for the industry so juan carlos let you take it from there oh my goodness is my time right now thank you so much everybody for being here and Thank you, Max and Shenoa, for uh, sharing this uh, time with us and teaching us how to do real estate investments. I think it's big, big humongous. You know, as uh, Becky was telling, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Shenoa events uh, throughout Texas for the last seven years, we've been participating with her in all these events. And it's been kind of a, a learning because we have to go there, you know, to the room and speak in front of all these people. And uh, for me, it was an incredible, incredible learning uh, because it has been uh, for me uh, uh, developing as a speaker. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a, a great opportunity to see that, um, uh, you know, uh, to see those uh, investment groups and the opportunity to be participating in them uh, because of the networking, right? And the people that we get to know is big, is humongous. Who cares, uh, you know, about many things, but the most important is to have really good associates uh, and, on the, and, and get together with the right people, correct? If we are together with the right people, we can do so many business. Um, just to tell you a little bit about me, I'm an entrepreneur. I was before the uh, real estate business, I was in the yellow page, page business. I sold it to a private equity investment group and they took it nationwide. Uh, based on, uh, on our ideas, and then I became a real estate investor uh, with the ideas of, uh, because real estate investment is, uh, when I was in Yellow Page business, I was actually in the Hispanic Yellow Page business, so it was a very, uh, can you call target market? It was very difficult to make sales. I remember we have so many salespeople, and we, have, we actually make 20,000 sales here in Texas of listings, but it, it was so difficult because it was a niche market, and I didn't want to repeat that again. And I was looking for a market uh, to do business that allowed me to grow and to have um, many kinds of possibilities and opportunities for the future. And I found real estate as being the opportunity for me. You know, for the last, I guess, uh, 10, 15 years, I've been doing investments uh, since 2004, right, when I saw that business. So, uh, and it's been a great ride, all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of investments. You know, you can see in the ups and downs, uh, the different changes, uh, how business uh, and people behave. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been a good ride. And I think that right now uh, the times are changing. I, I, Becky, you can go to the please, next slide. So, uh, um, you know, what I wanted to say, uh, I'm a kind of a, a long-term thinker. And we are in the business of, of, of course, of real estate investments, and we are in the business of data. Data analytics uh, is big for us, uh, all the systems and all the online systems. And it was incredible for me. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an oldie person and, and, uh, and seeing all these developments online. And it's humongous, the online opportunity. What is the great opportunity today uh, for us is the online opportunities, everything that is online. You know, before in the previous world, and even before the pandemic, you know, we used to go to drive, you know, to go to the events, to Chino events, right? To all the seven events, you know, drive. You know, I remember going to Houston, drive for hours and having a lot of fun with Steve in the car. 
and then go in there and, uh, and meet and then drive to all these different places. Now everything is online, it's a great opportunity and, and, and we believe that uh, it's such a great opportunity that we really need to learn how to take advantage and how to move on it and, and really uh, embrace it. And by embracing it, everybody can embrace it. We can, uh, I believe, uh, have a bigger opportunities and a better uh, positioning to be successful. Okay, can we do the next slide? So, you know, big opportunities online. Uh, um, as I told you, I'm a little bit of a long-term thinker and I wanted to come up with a graph that tells a little bit of a long-term. This graph shows that the last or uh, the next or uh, the 100 year inflation. And this in, in 100 year inflation, you know, I've been uh, listening to uh, different speakers. I know you know about Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio, the great investor. Lots of ideas uh, about long-term and how the markets behave with inflation. And basically what uh, he was saying is that here in the 2000, uh, you know, where this graph shows us from 1920 to 2020, and it shows all the different times when we have, you know, inflations uh, in the 1970s and 80s, uh, you know, higher inflations, and then we can see an, an, um, uh, a time of, 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 of low inflations. That means that we have a better economies and the economies are going up, right? And then it seems like uh, if you go back to 1920s and after, you know, uh, we also in those times we hit a pandemic, you know, the Spanish, how you call, they call it, the Spanish pandemic. And then, uh, you know, the government had, was printing tons and tons of money kinds of, uh, uh, it creates over time an inflationary period uh, where you see bigger inflation and then we are entering into this where you see these rates uh, more uh, deflationary periods. And let me tell you, you know, all these uh, points and all these ideas every time that I'm thinking about all these uh, great changes in the world that are happening, I think more about real estate and the opportunity to own real estate because when you own real estate is a hedge against inflation, right? Real estate is a hedge against inflation. So is, um, I think it's very, very important. So, so we have that and then we have right now, of course, with the pandemic, all these changes uh, that happen and that, you know, the movement of work from home is humongous. You know, I was reading some statistics, only five to, only five to 6% of uh, people in the US uh, used to work from home before the pandemic. And I guess after the pandemic, it was 100%. <laughs> but a lot of people, like 90%, right? We're working from home. So everybody needs to learn how to work from home, right? It's so difficult. And, and, and all these changes, you know, uh, 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 of, of, of working from home, from home. And all the opportunities, right? What are the great opportunities of working from home? And I, I am... Um, and I've been interviewing people and people love to work from home because the opportunity of spending time with their families, having this flexible schedule and an and opportunity to, uh, to spend a better time, right? So, uh, so we think that that's a, a fantastic opportunity uh, of, from working from home. And, and what, and in relationship with real estate, you know, working from home is key because in real estate and in real estate investments, 
uh, before the pandemic, what we needed to do, driving, right? It was more than off-market business. You know, you have to drive, you have to go uh, door knocking, and you have to do many things. It's called the analog world, right? And now, because we all have to move online, it can also become everything like in the online world. And in the online world, everything changes, right? And one of the things that, uh, that changes and one of the things with all this uh, pandemic and all these issues that the government is printing, so many, so much money and all, all these things that are happening, uh, we think that, you know, having an elastic mind is very, very important. And that goes, you know, what we were thinking about when you make decisions, you remember that before all the, all the when they started the computers, we were in the DOS business, in the SQL business, like Excel, like having um, uh, rows and columns. In an elastic mind, we don't have columns anymore, but we uh, do reactions based on what the market is doing. So it's very, very important to have an opportunistic brain, mind, and real estate investments, and look for those opportunities that are available right now, and on the other point, being able to improve all the time. So you have that elastic mind that you are learning and you are doing better business uh, in real estate. Let me tell you, real estate is not that difficult. I know that many of our, our uh, investors that are here, we are doing uh, real estate for uh, a while. And all, all it was a new, and uh, when we are new, when we are a newbie, you know, in real estate, we always think it's a little bit confusing, but just spend some time, you know, it's about as you spend more time, uh, then we can get uh, more successful if we keep that elasticity in our brain and that opportunity to be learning all the time, right, and be changing. So that's very, very, very good. It seems like right now we live in, an, in the era of automation, right? We are online. Uh, everybody's online. So in online, uh, the difference between online and offline is that the online also we can create tons of more automation, right? You know what I'm saying, right? If, because when we are online, we can create all these, uh, let's say, email campaigns, social media campaigns uh, that are all digital, that are much easier and accessible than it was before, because before we have to print, we have to drive, we have to do so many things. So I see uh, those as the, as the big opportunities in the marketplace uh, uh, about automation right now. How do we use this automation? Real Estate IQ right now is big, humongous. Uh, right now we are growing. Uh, we have about 120 VAs in, uh, in the Philippines and now in uh, Argentina and in India. And what happened is that, you know, when you have these um, automations and we will focus on better techniques, is key for our business, right? Better techniques, it means that we are improving all the time and with that we are getting educated from the experts, right? That's the reason we like to do business with Chenot and that's the reason we like to do business with Max because they are the experts of the industry. I might not be the expert and the, you know, uh, and the guy with the accent, <laughs> but uh, I like to get us associated with the right people and we like to create the right uh, techniques. Uh, to be doing our business. So it's very, very important, you know, online systems uh, give us a lot of opportunities to improve those techniques. In real estate, it's about techniques, you know. We have different uh, focuses on real estate, you know, all the, all the way from residential uh, real estate investment, uh, uh, real estate uh, residential investments, to fix and flip, to wholesaling, all kinds of opportunities in commercial and industrial. Uh, right now, the market um, uh, is offering a lot of opportunities, but there is a lot of competition. The market is doing well. There is a lot of people um, jumping into real estate investments. So the ones that are gonna that have the better tools and the better systems are, are, are the ones that are gonna have the advantage, right? Constant leads is a key part of the area that we think is big and is very, very important. 
and you know that is a expertise uh, with real estate IQ. Uh, we believe that leads is like a commodity. You know, if you have this commodity of leads and you have these leads coming to you every day, then you can figure out things. If you don't have leads, then it's very difficult to figure out what are you gonna do in business, right? So the, the first thing in real estate is to have those business, those leads, right? That, that's key. And uh, we believe in that and to have a different way of finding those leads, right? And then, you know, you have your techniques, you have your education, you know what to do, you have your leads. Then what, you, what, what is key right now is an automated CRM. You know, everybody right now online, and with all these systems, it's key to have this automation. Uh, with Real Estate IQ, we are offering right now a very uh, extensive uh, CRM system that we are putting in, in the market. But let me tell you, you know, there is a lot of automation, and I must can tell you uh, everything, uh, all the automations, and also um, uh, because then you have phone dialers that are, are phone calling people, you have email automations, uh, it's incredible kinds of automation. There is dozens and dozens of automation that we can do in our business. So I uh, wanted to tell you uh, that uh, that's the big opportunity. That's the way that we see it in, uh, in Real Estate IQ. We see Real Estate IQ uh, opportunities to go nationwide. Uh, big for us. Uh, we have big plans. And also, you know, from being an active investors, also we see also a big opportunity for passive investment investors, right? There is big opportunities. Either you are become an active investors and you buy your own deals and you make it happen, or you uh, join with someone with the experts and you become a passive investor in, in, an, in, a, in a strong group. And that uh, creates a lot, also a lot of opportunities for you to uh, don't make those mistakes that you may be making if, uh, if you are doing it alone, right? So very, very important to be working with, uh, uh, with your uh, leaders, with your coaches, uh, being in masterminds, and, and working those deals here as an active investor, making the deal yourself, or as a passive investor and, and partnering, with, partnering with other people. So wow. thank you so much. And, um, and uh, thank you to Shenoa and uh, Max for being here and all, all yours, Becky. All right, thank you, Juan Carlos. Um, we'll get to some question and answers in just a minute. Um, I wanna invite you back in one month for uh, some good news in real estate, in real estate investing. Um, we'll be hearing from experts on funding next month. So we'll have a transactional, somebody talking about transactional funding, private lending and funding, hard money, all that. So you can hear what's going on there. And as Max said, it's been changing the funding structure. So need some good information for you. All right, if you missed uh, the opportunity to request a demo for Real Estate IQ, if you just put demo please in the chat, we'll make sure somebody contacts you and gives you your free 45 minute one-on-one -on -one deal finding training. All right, we also have some freebies that you can get for being here tonight. So there's a poll question coming up if you'd like to get some heat maps that kind of show you where the deals are happening and our deal of the day, which is a live MLS deal that we analyze with our system and blast out. So it's a good educational tool, but also a live MLS deal you can make an offer on if you like. So if you'd like any of those things, just mention it on the poll. Uh, we also have a new community portal, 
with Real Estate IQ, we've been developing this for a long time and um, we're expecting this to grow to be a really good spot for you to do deals and to um, you know, connect with other invest investors, um, get questions answered from people that might know what you don't. Uh, so please go to realestateiq.co and join our, click right there on community. Um, let's see, if you go to realestateiq.co and click on events, you can see our other upcoming events. It's likely you're already on that page since you're here tonight. Uh, but we've got a lot of other educational webinars coming up. So please join us for those as well. And the information is in the chat. All right, so now it's your chance to ask questions of our expert panel. So if you would like, uh, you can type it in the chat, or if you'd rather just speak it verbally, if you raise your hand, we can allow you to talk, and then you can um, actually just ask your question that way. So one question that we, that we usually get is what would you suggest is a good book to start off? You already mentioned one. What is another must-have book for somebody in this business? Um, stop the screen share there. So Max, what would you say is one of the must-have books? Yeah, you know, that's a tough to pick one because um, I write books and I read a lot of books. I think it kind of depends on where you are, like in your journey. So there's some, I'll put a link to um, some of my favorite books in the chat. So if people want to check those out, I put them on my website. My favorite book is um, uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. So I'm kind of a thinker too, like Juan Carlos said, there's a lot of people who have fragmented attention and people who can um, focus for long periods of time, identify patterns and innovate can do really well. I just finished, um, uh, Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith and you know it's like you know the founder of capitalism and in there he really talks about what Shanoa said which is the riches are in the niches and the reason why is because with division of labor um, and specialization which is what a niche is you can't you're, there's less switching so you're staying in your income producing activity zone more often and you're also um, when you're when every time you specialize in something you're able to innovate and innovation and specialization have huge gains in productivity. That's really why America is where it's at economically. It's why Texas is where it's at GDP wise. So, but I'll just put that link in there. Uh, if you're younger and you're just getting started, everybody, I think everybody likes, uh, I probably went over. I'll just, I'll just do my link. But um, what the Gary Keller one thing, I mean, cause if you're just shiny object and you're doing a thousand things and none of them are very good, that won't work either. So, and for young people, I like Fastlane Millionaire. So don't have much of an opinion on that. Sorry, I hope I gave a little space for someone else. I love <laughs> Thank you, Max. How about you, Shanoa? Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. So here's the three that I want to make sure you guys get. Uh, number one, uh, start with why. So if you guys have 18 minutes and four seconds, uh, listen to the Start With Why TED Talk by Simon Sinek. Uh, it has changed how I communicate in my business, how I sell in my business, and how I connect with people. So one of the big ideas here is that people don't buy what you do, they 
by why you do it. So what's on your heart that continues to, you know, make you want to be of service to people. So this one I've absolutely loved. And then if uh, you are looking for some negotiation uh, and what I call the exactly what to say, uh, this is probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, I don't know if you guys can read it any way that I'm turning it, uh, but it's called exactly what to say. It's written by the author, Phil M. Jones. Uh, I like the one that exactly what to say for the real estate agents. Uh, I'm an agent. I know Max is an agent, but I know that most investors are not agents, but as investors, we run into the same sort of objections and need to overcome those objections that they talk about in this book. Um, Phil Jones also has several other books that are great as well. And then if you guys are looking for a PhD in negotiation, strategy, tactical empathy, uh, mirroring, labeling, accusation audits, and all things amazing. Uh, recommend, could not more highly recommend the, the book, Never Split the Difference by the author Chris Voss. Uh, he was a former FBI terrorist and hostage negotiator. And if some of you guys are saying, well, why would she be recommending a book on terrorists and hostage negotiation? If you, have, if you can't understand that, that means you've never talked to a motivated seller. Uh, because sometimes it does feel like negotiating with a terrorist. Uh, but uh, just some great strategies in here to be able to also build those bonds. Uh, tactical empathy is a great way to do it. Um, this book is a little bit bigger than some of the other ones, but I recommend this on Audible um, and, and the book as well, uh, but some, uh, some really, really uh, great ones. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, those are some of my go-tos for the people who uh, do one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching with me. Uh, this is required reading for them. So uh, I've got a, a lot more over here, but I'll just kind of say these are, these are my top ones. Thank you, Shanoa. Juan Carlos, how about you? Okay, me, so I, I, I like to do a lot of audiobooks, uh, but lately I've been doing, uh, or I did the Ultra Learning uh, by Scott Young, a very, very nice book, uh, powerful for your brain. And then I did the Mastery book uh, by uh, Robert Greene, um, very good book. I've been reading it with my children. I, I actually read it like four or five times, you know, the more I read it, the more I discover things. You know, Mastery, Mastery by Robert Greene is a really, really good, good book. And uh, the, the one that I'm reading right now is uh, What It Takes from Stephen, uh, how do you call it, uh, Schwarzman, Schwarzman, Blackstone, a powerful book. Uh, you know, uh, he explains so much about, you know, all the big deals and, you know, the power of, uh, what I'm getting from him is the power of uh, team and the power of focus and ethics and, 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 and real estate, you know, is big. Uh, being ethical in real estate, you know, is one of the most important things because your name is, is big and as you make more deals and you make deals, sometimes deals are not that, um, how you call that perfect. And then sometimes you have to make the decisions and people are gonna remember you when you make the ethical decisions. And uh, I, I got that from uh, Blackstone from Steven. All right, good. Thank you, Juan Carlos. Uh, we had a question. Um, Audrey says, when you have a private investor funding a remodel on a rental, how long can you have them hold the note or, mo or mortgage until you must refinance? So who wants to take this one? 
I, I can. I mean, um, if it's a private investor, everything's negotiable, right? Uh, you can make it as long or as short as you want. Uh, hard money lenders really only going to want to have it usually six months. Some of them will do it longer. Um, I've got one on a rental who will do it for up to five years. Um, the rates are not great, right? So the idea is you want to refinance as quickly as you possibly can. Um, but, uh, you know, everything is negotiable with a private lender. Uh, you can get a lot of great loans from private lenders, the lenders that are, um, that are out of the box or loans that a hard money lender and even a traditional mortgage lender won't do. For example, if they're loaning out of their self-directed IRA, or if they're not really, a real estate investor and maybe don't know better. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I would say everything's negotiable, but I would bank on, for example, if they're following any hard money lending rules, um, six or, or, or um, norms, I'd say six months to a year. Yeah, it's usually in your best interest to refinance sooner. So we, um, I'll just, I'll add something to that. My, my partner, Brant Phillips in Houston and I, on um, you know the book that we did, Private Lending Simplified. Um, one of the things that we teach our students who are in our private lender program and what we do personally is, yeah, you can get long-term money. Uh, long-term money is good. And uh, for some of the deals, like some of the mobile home deals that we've done, they cash flow so good that you know six to 8%, you're still okay. And um, especially if it's a asset that you know, folks, banks and traditional stuff just doesn't really want to get involved in or it's a larger size. So, and the other thing that we do a little bit, five year is the longest I've ever done. But if it's, um, you know, if, if I want to go below eight and it's long-term, then um, everything's negotiable exactly like Shanoa said, but sometimes I'll add some equity participation on the upside. And that's been a good way to, um, you know, get, get a little bit lower rates and, you know, it depends on the deal on the property, but and people want to do it. And we found that our best private lenders are, don't have a real estate background. You know, when they do, you know, they want north of double digits. That's why you get into real estate, you know? So a lot of our best lenders, you know, um, Brand had one of his lenders that's been with him for a long time in Houston on our member call. And this guy was, you know, an oil and gas, you know, businessman. And, you know, he had, you know, a fair amount of disposable income and, you know, but so I, there, I think there are sometimes uh, one of the things to caution folks on is that if you're doing a short-term deal and a hard money lender won't lend on it, then um, I wouldn't advise doing a private lender deal because you may be in a situation where when you're just getting started, you don't know what you don't know, you know? And um, so if a hard money lender isn't going to do that deal and you get a private lender to do it due to lack of experience, you're putting the odds not in their favor and um, you and not in yours either and not in yours either right i mean sometimes i say like the best advice you know if anybody on the call wants free coaching free advice take your quote unquote deal to a hard money lender if they tell you no i'm not going to fund it and you better take that advice right they're giving you some of the best advice you could possibly get to make sure you don't lose money so if a hard money lender says no <clears throat> go back and renegotiate your deal yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I want to say that also, you know, when I, uh, I was doing a lot of deals, uh, fix and flips, and always when I, uh, you know, you don't want to do business with a harmony lender, you want first to do business with private lenders, a little bit less interest rate, right? <laughs> but when you have to do it with a harmony lender, you do it, but the good thing is that you bring the harmony lender to the deal, and then the harmony 
lender tells you, yes, it's a good deal, go ahead. Oh my goodness, it's a great uh, feeling because then you have a partner and then they have to do, yes, it's a good deal. So it's, it's, it's in that way, it's very good. Absolutely. What other questions do you have? So <laughs> if you, this is always, always a question. Um, what would be your, um, what would be your best bit of advice for a new investor that you have that hasn't already been said besides educate yourself and join the networking groups? Yeah, education, networking, that's number one. Take action, number two, right? So, <clears throat> uh, and take dramatic action. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think, I think those, are, those are almost always my go-to for sure with that question. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, definitely. You know, in a, uh, it's, I think it's Dennis Felix or Felix Dennis. You know, he's kind of got two first names that throws me off. And I'm dyslexic, so that's not a good good thing for me at all. Um, but in the book, How to Get Rich, they talk. he talks about, and this guy got rich not from teaching other people how to get rich. He got rich from actually doing something industrious. So like step one is get rich, you know, get advice from people who got rich actually doing something, not just teaching people how to get rich. Um, and then, you know, number two is in the, in the formula, you have to take risk. Capitalism rewards risk. Um, so if you're risk adverse, you're not going to get rich. Um, if you don't have equity in the business that, that you can sell, it's going to be real hard to get rich. And the other thing is, um, for me that helped me just my own experience was, and it says it exactly in the book. And I was like, Oh man, that's why this has been working. So it's when you have some wins by taking action, right? And, and, and when you have some wins, build on those wins. People who get rich, they keep leveling up. They're never satisfied. And so for me, my first wholesale deal was like 16 grand. Um, and then I joined a mastermind. And I was like on deal number two when I was in a mastermind with people who had 100 rentals and, you know, Jim Ingersoll and all these guys on the East Coast. And they're all like... They've been doing it for a long time, you know, since the, since the early O's. And, um, you know, so I learned from them. I went to their offices. You know, they treated me like an equal, and I saw their systems. One of the guys in our group had, was doing like 300 deals a year up in Chicago. And I was over there as much as I could. So every time I got a deal, I just used it and went and flew somewhere to go meet with somebody. You know, one of my friends um, that was in my group was so wealthy that he moved to Puerto Rico for tax reasons. You know, once you get to like 10 million, California don't make sense. And so I went and spent three days with him. So I couldn't, you learn so much from people who are already successful. And then the other thing is build value. Yeah, you know, like uh, reading, there's no substitute. The higher up you go on the pyramid, the more people you'll figure that out. And I'm dyslexic and I didn't know I was till I was 35. Uh, when I started real estate. So I got with a coach. I didn't make excuses. I figured out how to read better. And I started doing audio books. And now I write books, which you would have never imagined that in a million years. You know, I only read like seven books the first 35 years of my life. So reading, there's no substitute. And then learning from people who are smarter than you. And one of the ways that you can get access to people who are smarter than you, real access, is you either pay for it or you help them. And a lot of times, the more wealthy somebody is, it's because they know something that you don't know and they take action, they have a team, there's a lot of factors. But a lot of times they can't do everything and their time is under more pressure than yours. So if you can find out what those folks need extra help with, become a specialist in that and help them, then they'll let you into your circle and you'll learn more from that than anything. 
you know, that's, that's one way of doing it. That's what I've done. That is very good advice. So, so far, what do you see as the, I'm sorry, Juan Carlos, did you have something to add to that? Do I, I didn't need mean- to uh, have a good story. Should I tell it? I tell sure. you my story really quickly. So it took me one year, right? For me, it has been a little bit difficult. I guess I do. Uh, yeah, you know, when I started on real estate investments, I didn't have the vocabulary, the English. So in my first year, it, uh, you know, I studied a lot. I, I went a hundred percent. I joined all the investment groups, and uh, the first investment group that I went, I was long time ago. I remember with Cathy Crow, and I went up to that group. <laughs> I didn't know anybody, and this guy was selling a, a, an investment. Uh, this national guy was selling an investment package to teach, and it cost me $25,000. And I was so excited. Oh my goodness, with that 25. And then I went the next week uh, to the same meeting, and then it was another guy, and then he, he sold me another one for uh, 12000 <laughs> And then I went to the same meeting, and then it was another one. No national speaker, and I say, Oh, no, no, I'm not gonna buy more. I want to focus on studying the, the ones that I just bought. And then, uh, you know, uh, I learned the vocabulary from those ones, you know, national, uh, national uh, uh, gurus and uh, coaches are very good for uh, to learning, uh, you know, vocabularies and learning schemas and, and tactics. But in order you to really make it happen, you need the local people that know because real estate is local. And then, you know, after the one year, uh, what I did, and, uh, you know, I, I did it my first investment. It was a perfect case. You know, I bought the property for 50000 I put 20000 and I sold it for 100000 right? The perfect, you know, uh, 70, 30% rule like that. Um, but when I remember is when I did the, my, that, that first rehab, I didn't know anything about rehabs. And the strategy that I use, and I like to use it a lot, is I ask so many questions, but the way that I ask the question is like I knew. So all these, uh, you know, all these contractors, I didn't know anything. I, I was actually getting educated, but I asked so many questions that they saw that I was probing them. And then I was able to do my first deal just through uh, those questions. That's awesome. Max, did you have something else? You know, just one more thing came to mind is be nice to everybody. I know that sounds like, what? I mean, what does that have to do with, you never know who's gonna do what, where, when, you can't predict it. There's people who show up to boot camps in, in shiny suits. They don't know nothing. They never done a deal. There's some guy standing in the back with a stained uh, bowling shirt. He got 80 rentals. So it, you, you, you don't know. It just, it's like, it's, it's, you never know. And you got one chance to make a first impression with somebody. And if you read to them, that could be the person that just literally is freaking blows past you. And, um, and all of a sudden now you want to work with them and they don't like the way that you treated them. So no matter where you're at, whether you're new, middle, or upper, just treat everybody with respect. And um, you know, that, that's another one that I think is a good, uh, serves, could serve you well. Absolutely, if you do start going to networking events, you hear about the people that don't do that. <laughs> and they don't, they're, they're not the ones that anybody goes to with their deals. So also good advice. All right, so um, in closing, unless some other question comes up, what can you say is one big opportunity that you see coming out of this crisis? Shanoa? 
Do you want to go first? <clears throat> I, I kind of, and I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not, but I kind of feel like um, none of the opportunities have really stopped or slowed down. Um, I think a lot of people pulled out who, you know, were paralyzed by uncertainty and fear, but I don't think any of the opportunities have slowed, slowed down. I think, you know, for me personally, um, and I did a lot of what I'll call armchair investing prior to this. Um, now I do even more armchair investing. So it's, it's, you know, the opportunity for me is it just kind of forced me to streamline in better ways, you know, my business, which is great. Um, so I spend less time, you know, traveling, less time in the car. Um, and, and, and so that's, that's, you know, kind of part of, you know, the obstacle is the way, right. So, uh, you know, for me, that's, that's something that I've, I've enjoyed and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, are uh, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I think the, I think the opportunities are still there. I think the opportunities are the same. I think they're, they're, you know, one of the questions we had was about the commercial market, um, you know, and I gave the update on the single family residential. The commercial market is a very different market right now than single family residential. We're seeing occupancy rates down, uh, go down, uh, vacancy go up. We're seeing an increase in the amount of incentives that, um, you know, apartments multifamily is offering. And we're seeing a reduction in rent growth, meaning we're seeing rents start to go down. Um, and I think we're going to see that for a while because another, you know, sort of anecdotal thing that I'm seeing, I didn't spend a lot of time reporting on this tonight, but the number of single family leases is up substantially. You know, one of my uh, girlfriends, um, <clears throat> one of my girlfriends um, uh, to get from her car into her high rise condominium, um, uh, she's got to push or touch or pull six different um, you know, six different buttons, doors, et cetera. And I'm seeing more people say, you know, as much as I love being in, you know, this fantastic high rise in downtown, now it's like, I don't want to touch anything and I don't want to, you know, I can't really go anywhere. And now I'm, at, and, and, and it was great when I was living in a 750 square foot apartment downtown, but now I'm working from home. I'm making every single meal at home and I'm not going out as much. And I feel like I need kind of that separate work living space. So I think we're going to see a bigger transition away from multifamily into single family. And, um, you know, when it comes to office, you know, the other question was office space. Um, that's going to, that's going to, you know, it, it's like single family was already a V-shaped recovery. Um, multifamily is probably going to be at least a one to three year, you know, one to three year recovery. Um, office space might be, you know, gosh, I mean, two to five years, if that. There is so much office space left to absorb in Houston. You know, I mean, Becky, you live there going down I-10. It's like uh, with all, all the uh, office space they made for, you know, oil and gas, it's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. And as the technology has changed, so we can kind of monitor, and this is like, you know, you know monitor better, like what people are doing from home. Uh, you know, people are looking around at their office space and saying, you know, gosh, it's like, I don't know if I want to go back to this. And, uh, and, and I think a lot of, you know, employees are saying the same thing too. Hey, we, 
we didn't want to figure this out, but now we figure this out. And I think it's going to be a several year uh, reduction in terms of the number of leases, the lease prices, and, 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 and a several year reduction in terms of the uh, occupancy rates. So um, uh, I think, yeah, we're just kind of finding new, new ways and new, new things to do and um, new, new ways to do them. So yeah, the obstacle is the way, but I think, you know, when it comes to at least single family investing, um, the same opportunities as before, uh, the, the foreclosure moratorium has stopped some of the, you know, the ways that I would typically buy houses, but it's just kind of kicks the can down the road. In some cases, it's going to make the problem worse. And, you know, we have to come up with different new strategies for those folks. Um, in some, you know, places, <clears throat> I think that uh, it's going to make the opportunities better. Uh, you know, the interesting, you know, uh, the, the interesting thing is when you look at even the rates at which people are paying on apartment complexes, it's like 93.3%. Well, unemployment benefits, you know, start to go away. So that's one of the things we're watching as unemployment benefits has just now started to go back to what we'll call normal. But, um, you know, just to kind of get some perspective right now, I think in Texas, we're at about 8% unemployment. In Austin, for example, we're at about 6% unemployment. I think Dallas is maybe in that six to eight range as well. Same for Houston. But, um, you know, the, just, you know, as perspective, the government says full employment is an unemployment rate of six to six and a half percent. So we're still kind of fully employed, right? Uh, which is different when you think about it, because in Austin, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio, unemployment has been two to three percent for the last probably five years. So that's one of the, you know, you know, things that I think it's, it's going to be a softer landing than we all thought because of that. Um, do I think we're going to have inflation, as Juan Carlos was saying? Yes. Where do you want to be when you have an inflationary environment? Real estate, right? Hard assets, gold, um, so, um, and, and I, I, you know, I'm a little bit biased, right? And sometimes I drink some of my own Kool-Aid for sure, but I think there is, you know, a lot of opportunity uh, there. And one of the questions uh, that came in too from uh, Jeff is, if I'm a new investor, why should I invest in your market in Texas? Because uh, Texas is growing like as much as probably all of us would like to put a wall. Uh, I don't want the wall on the Texas-Mexico border. I want the wall on the Texas every other state and country border, right? Uh, people are moving here like crazy. So what happens when people are you know, going into an area, moving into an area? Prices go up. What do you want to be in? Real estate. Uh, if, if we were in Indiana, you know, I'd say, yeah, no, I don't know if you want to be in real estate here uh, just because people are moving out. When people move out, prices go down. Um, so, um, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of opportunity, you know, to, to still to come. And, and um, you know, as I was sharing with um, some of my clients, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen that, and, and Becky, you may have seen me kind of share that little video of uh, that psychological experience uh, experiment where the psychologist is saying, okay, uh, I want you to count how many passes that the team with the white jerseys, you know, makes to the team with the white jerseys, uh, and then they got team with a the black jersey they're passing to. And, and all you can focus on is like, you're, you're, you know, you're in your mind, like I'm focusing on making that count. And then after you do that, it says it was 23 passes, right? Easy to count. But by the way, did you see the moonwalking bear and who came through and passed through in the middle of this ex experience, you know, in the, in the middle of this? And you're like, no, I didn't see it. Why? Because I was focused on what I wanted to focus on. 
as, as people, you know, as real estate investors, as people in general, yeah, we can focus on all the doom and gloom, or we can focus on like, you know, counting our passes, right. And going to work, right. Do your job and then don't worry about everything else. Um, and, and I, and, 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 and I am good at that. Um, I don't know that everybody else is, but I mean, that's, that's, you know, you know, opportunity is what you make it. Millionaires are made in up markets. Millionaires are made in down markets. Millionaires are made in sideways markets. Millionaires are going to be made in upside down markets like what we're in right now. So, um, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, that's my thought on it. All right. Thank you, Shanoa. Max, what would you say is the biggest opportunity in this crisis? Yeah, so, um, you know, Shanoa has an absolute mastery of mindset, and that is super important. So anytime that we're trying to change our, you know, our livelihoods, um, it's just based on the wiring that's in our brain. So, you know, you must reprogram your mind, and uh, you're not going to get into real estate and dominate in real estate um, just from, you know, the advice of your friends at the bar. So it's all about being around the right people, having the right mindset, because uh, most people, the best time to invest is when most people are not. And uh, they're telling you that's the last thing you should be doing. And, um, and so mindset is really important. Uh, we're focusing on the digital space because there are just a lot of eyeballs on phones. And if your only game is just, you know, stacking lists and sending out mail, people check their mail too. But I just like omnipresence to multiple lists of so folks that know how to, to to really sort through the data, which you know Juan Carlos and their company's an expert at, and just have a smaller list and just really focus on stacking that up. Um, you know what Juan Carlos was talking about with just the digital space and eyeballs online. Um, gotta get, you gotta know how to get eyeballs online. The number one reason that entrepreneurs fail is because people don't know who they are. They don't know they exist. So do you know? Do people know that you exist? What are you doing different for them to even be halfway curious uh, into calling you? And then you know building that online presence. So, uh, and the last one you know is just cash and access to cash because you know depending on what happens in the market, you know historically when there's a downturn, there's um, it's harder to get money, and the people who have the money have more leverage and power, and um, and there's not as many of them as you think. So if you're not building relationships with amazing hard money lenders and private lenders, um, doing that is. Um, a good investment and lastly you know there's 10,000 people a day in the u.s that are turning 65. Uh, we're going to add 24 million in the next 20 years so you know some people go oh max i mean really like when a millennial calls you you like you tell them that you can't help them i'm like right I'm like why is that and it's exactly what shanoa said i don't know what's going on in the world on a lot of stuff because i'm just laser focused on what i'm doing it took five years to get there i wish i had done that sooner um, but I don't need to be anywhere else because if I can beat everybody else at the, at the group that's growing 10,000 people a day, the fastest growing group on Facebook, seniors, fastest growing demographic, seniors. In 12 years, the population in the U.S. of uh, 65 and over is expected to exceed the 18 and under population for the first time in recorded history. And it's a worldwide situation too. It's not just US. So whatever niche you pick, go for it. There are so many niches. We have one of our students that just dominates short sale business. We have folks that dominate all these different niches. It doesn't matter which one it is, but that's where I'm gonna be because there's just gonna be a lot of those folks and I like them. And that's the last part is that if you're making money but you're not having fun, 
it won't last. You got to do both. And there are ways to do both. And so, you know, because there is burnout in this business. I was going to quit like about halfway through because I was flipping a lot of houses, a lot of deals, wasn't having any fun. So make sure that, you know, you're, you're positioning your business in a way to where whatever fun is for you, you know, you're doing that too. And because the people who do really well, it's about staying in the game. So that's it. All right. Thank you, Max. Juan Carlos. Okay, thank you. Know, uh, I was, you know, when Max was talking about that, uh, you know, I was thinking that, uh, you know, it's big. Uh, you know, the um, your mindset uh, is is very very important in this uh, market uh, that are changing so much, and I see big opportunities uh, like Shenoa on their single family uh, rentals in the SFR space. It's humongous. I think it's very very safe. It's very easy to understand. It's not rocket science. Uh, we just need to buy some properties and list them. Uh, I think it's big, a big opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, there is a lot of online opportunity. I guess uh, everything has moved online. So the more things I see of opportunities in automation, of course. Uh, you know, we are an automation company and um, a gross business. Uh, for us, it was actually, uh, uh, you know, sometimes Steve has said uh, that uh, the pandemic for us was uh, something very good. We shouldn't say that, you know, but we grew our business through the pandemic. Our business has grown tremendously. Uh, we have reached and we are, were able to move from off market to online. And uh, not a hundred percent, but we still have uh, uh, been able to be, make, make that big move. It requires different systems and processes in your marketing and different uh, ways to organize your marketing segmentations and marketing systems. Right now we have in our teams, we have about 40 people, uh, VAs and marketing, and we are restructuring everything uh, for online and, and getting it bigger. Our goal this year, uh, we are right now at 120 VAs. Our goal this year is to double it uh, to 250 VAs to take advantage of the opportunities right now online. Online, there is a lot of automation and we can automate. You know, we see that as a, as a big opportunity, you know, when you're buying properties, um, and yeah, we see that the big opportunity, single family rentals, other one, a little bit more sophisticated industrial. We see a big, big, big opportunity in industrial, uh, retail, you know, retail is going down, of course, hospitality, a lot of problems. And, and uh, of course, like, like, you know, we have seen it in the marketplace. Uh, we don't go to the office so much anymore. We don't go to it, but most of the services we are consuming at home. So all those home services and all those um, industries that serve the home, we see opportunities there. Um, so uh, yeah, so I think it's, it's a lot of changes and and, the, and uh, we're not losers in the market, maybe more losers than winners. So decide who you're going to be, the loser or the winner. So let's focus on the positive news and taking advantage of those opportunities because there is going to be, you know, in this market, in these times of, of upheaval and changes, there is always opportunity, there is bigger opportunities and bigger losses. So we need to be very, very well positioned to get those bigger opportunities and not the losses. All right. Thank you, Juan Carlos. Thank you, Max and Shanoa, for being here this evening. And thank you, everybody, for attending and joining us. We'll see you next month for some good news. Thanks, and have a great night. Stay safe. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye, y'all. Juan Carlos, humongous. Bye, Kyle, Jeff. Take care. Thank you, Max. Thank you.
For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.